0: everybody to another podcast of a water with here with martin Riesel, your personal water show you know me i think and michael marshall obviously my co-host and he lives in texas where he always lives he should come to hollywood but he doesn't want i don't know what's going on michael what is wrong with you
1: good morning martin nothing wrong it's just so hard to travel these days and i just realized This year 2020 for me will be about two to three weeks longer than an average year because I calculated I'm flying about 150,000 miles a year. And now that I'm not flying, you know, my year just got much longer. So I'm enjoying the additional weeks I have. Unfortunately, I've also really enjoyed uh, traveling and I would love to meet, you know, new people, see new springs and the place we're going today is, is has been long on my list. I haven't made it there, but hopefully soon we can go there and, and see a really exciting spring in the US.
0: You're absolutely right, Michael. Um, I like to travel too. I love to discover new cities, new cultures, new people. This is the beautiful thing about, I think, to be a water sommelier, to, to travel and discover all these incredible springs and be at the sources where actually the water is coming up from. And I think before we're starting to talk to this incredible, amazing water, what I have right next to me, the raw water brand from Maine, um, did you saw one of my posts? And I think like we are both agreeing, Michael. I think it's great when waters are locally sourced. But I had a little heart attack this week because a purified water brand suddenly said, locally sourced in America. What I think was very misleading. And and I had obviously they are right, because it's tap water. Sure, every tap water in the United States is locally sourced. You cannot non-locally source tap water. Or actually you could, but nobody will do it because that would be just crazy. I think it's already crazy to bottle tap water and then sell it in a plastic bottle, but to call it now locally sourced, I was from it was for me like mind blowing. And and I'm not I'm not afraid to say the brand is essential. It's one of my top worst water brands, what you can actually purchase in America right now. That's my personal choice. That's my personal opinion. But Michael, what do you think by when people starting now, what a purified water company using the term, what clearly is a great term for a spring source, like raw water from Maine to suddenly say locally
1: sourced. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. I think, we, we're kind of losing reality. Facts don't matter anymore. It, it's all about marketing and what you, what you can say just without lying in, in marketing. And you're absolutely right. It's locally sourced, but it's totally misleading. So hopefully a podcast like this and the stuff we're doing will allow people to make the differentiation between the processed waters and the real waters from a natural source like we're visiting today.
2: Yeah.
0: And today we're visiting one of the most incredible sources in America. One of the oldest sources is well in America. And we have Brian with us in Maine. Hello, Brian. How are you?
2: Very well, Martin.
0: How are you doing? Living the dream, Brian, especially when I have your water right next to me. Huh? So tell me a little bit about your water. Where in Maine are you located? And what is the history about raw water and your brand, Summit Water, and maybe some people know it under Tomalin Springs. So three three different names for the same source.
2: So Summit Spring is in Harrison, Maine. Uh, It is one of the oldest uh, natural spring sources in North America. We have records dating to 1792. The water was actually taken in the late 1800s by horse-drawn carriage in 35-gallon wooden barrels to, to the train station in Norway, Maine, where it was shipped to New York City where it sold in New York City in 1881 for 40 cents a gallon, which would be over $100 a gallon today. So Summit Spring is the age-old source. Uh, the raw water was something we developed for the, whole, the, the raw food community in 2009, over 10 years ago. Tourmaline Spring is actually the same thing as raw water, branded differently to appeal to a different uh, demographic. All the same source, the historic source is Summit Spring. In Harrison,
1: Maine. It's it's fascinating. And let's quickly talk a little bit about the this raw water idea. So different countries have different rules and regulations for what is allowed for for bottled water to be done to before it's in in the bottle. And I think in in North America we allow you know authoration and other means to purify the water from from, from the source. But your water, when you put it in the bottle, there's nothing done to the water. That's very unique in the U.S., I presume.
2: Yes, it is, uh, Michael. I'm standing inside the bottling plant. You see the stainless steel next to me that covers over the actual source itself. And the bottling plant is right there, 50 feet away, about 17 feet below where this source emanates from the ground. So after sampling the water directly from here all the time, it's the perfect temperature. It's 46 degrees, the perfect flavor. I, I petitioned the state. I'm like, why can't I bottle this straight from the ground? And they they said, well, nobody's ever done it. I'm like, well, why not? I, I have ample testing to prove its safety and security. And And when the inspector was actually here, I said, how many complaints do you have on file about the about the quality of this water at the, at the drinking water program in Maine in the 150-year history that you have recorded. And he said, we have zero, zero. And I was astounded at that. Zero complaints in 150 years. And you know that the water was untreated years ago. They didn't have the treatment we have today. So I said, that should be enough right there. And on top of, I had at the time 14 years of, or no, probably 10 years of 50-state testing and compliance through national testing labs. It exceeds every state and federal guideline for drinking water straight from the ground. So I was given authorization with the raw water to specifically sell the water to the public without any treatment or filtration whatsoever. And believe it or not, federally, there is not a requirement to treat water from state to state. The water just must be potable or drinkable. There is no requirement to treat it. So it's legally allowed to be sold nationwide as well. That is... That is.
0: And, and for me, like I know, like for two, I was it for two years ago, Brian, where suddenly this whole raw water movement came came along in January. I never will forget this because suddenly my Instagram was blowing up on all these people who say, like, Martin, I cannot believe there's some crazy guy in Maine who's bottling raw water, and this is not treated, and this is completely unsafe to drink. And my response was guess what? Every, every European brand is untreated raw water. Um, and they're like, what? So I think it's hilarious and almost crazy that somehow here in America, everybody thinks stuff needs to be treated before it's safe. It's very unusual for me. And and I don't know where the disconnect is between nature and a product of nature and what is good for you. Then, oh no, no, no. Everything needs to be treated. And Michael, I think you had once uh, an interesting topic about that. Why people thinking and and like this whole idea of purity, purifying, why everything needs to be like so clean and sensitized. Do you remember, Michael, what that was?
1: I I think it's, there are probably many reasons, but one of the reasons I can think right now is, I think the big difference between Europe and, and the U.S. is that in Europe, people base what they eat and what they drink on on a history. They have they engage with the water or the food as a natural product. And I think here in the US we lost that a little bit and we trust in science. And the very second you have science in there you look at numbers and then suddenly you it doesn't look any clean anymore and you want to go back to the lab and have something that comes from the lab. And I think that could be one of the reasons. I don't know if this is what you meant, but I want to mention something which was really important, I think, what uh, Brian was saying. So Martin and I, we were very much for untreated water, right? This is what you get in in Europe. Water comes out of the ground, is bottled in the same state, and when you drink the water from your bottle in the restaurant or at home, you drink basically the identical water that comes out of of the source. In the U.S., water is treated for safety reasons, you know, ozonated and, and, and filtered and so forth. And now the water is called raw water. But Brian said something important, and it was the water comes out of the ground, the raw water that comes out of the ground. What Martin mentioned before that the, the craziness around raw water was suddenly people thought, oh, it's a great idea. Let's go back to nature. Let's go to a stream somewhere in in the forest and take a cup of water and drink the water there or sample the water from there and take it home. And that is, of course, surface water and no one would recommend to you to drink surface water without any treatment. The big difference is this water comes out of the ground and probably has been in the ground for a long time. So, Brian, do you know how old is your water or what is the geology? I think it's also very unique at your source.
2: So you make an excellent port-
1: point, Michael. There's a massive difference between groundwater
2: and surface water, right? So we are at the emanating point of the, of the spring itself, And we control packaging from cradle to grave. So I have complete control over the water from the moment it emanates from the ground till the gravity feeds into the bottle. A lot of the companies that transport water and pump water and tanker water probably have to treat it then because they're exposing it to all kinds of contaminants where we have a very unique situation here where that doesn't occur. So this water is a bedrock fracture. It's a high, this spring is a high altitude bedrock fracture spring. I'm standing at about 750 feet above sea level. The hill itself is just shy of a mountain. It tops at around 925 feet. If it was a thousand feet, they'd call it a mountain, but that's why they call it Summit Hill. So they don't, it's a geologic phenomenon, right? The land drops away in 300 feet in all directions. So it's, it is a phenomenon, it's almost inexplicable. But that, that water has been underground, they estimate 10,000 years. You can't carbon date water because there's no carbon in it. But they do look for the radioactive isotopes, the tritium, the strontium, and the cesium from the nuclear detonation that we did in the Bikini Atolls in 1954. So this water is absent, those isotopes, so they know for a fact the water has been underground since at least 1954, maybe a, a millennia before that. But it just naturally from the ground, it exceeds every state and federal guideline for drinking water on the planet. And so I always joke with people. I say, is there a certain chemical you'd like me to add to it or something? It's one of your favorite chemicals. It's, why would you touch it when it's perfect out of the ground? Mother nature, not man's machinery. Mother nature.
0: I love that you're saying this because this is exactly sometimes what I'm saying too. You're saying, so you're really into chlorine, obviously, or something. And they're like, what? It's like, yeah, when you always think water needs to be treated, I don't really understand the concept behind it. So so you want your tomato as well grown somewhere in a in a in a house, and it needs to be treated with tons of chemicals to that you think it's okay to eat. And you're like, no, I want my tomato from a real field. You saying, here we go, we want water from a real source too. And I think that is still the misconception about water from a source and treated water from what is nothing else than actually tap water. And that's one of the reasons as well. I think why I hate so much. The treated, um, purified water companies, because they are pretty, they're pretty much ruin your companies because everybody thinks now these days, oh, it's just tap water, but that there is so big difference between a treated purified water brand or something what comes 100% from nature, like your brand it's night and day. I don't even call it water anymore. The purified stuff. It's a purified product. Or beverage, or whatever you want to call it. I'm not even calling it water anymore. And I'm doing this for a reason because I don't even want that they're thinking. And for me, it's like it drives me nuts that they're even thinking they're premium waters. They're calling themselves premium waters, what is, that is the, the biggest lie ever. And again, what Essentia just did last week to put on the Instagram account, bottled um, or like bottled from the source or like natural source, it's, it's for me like unbelievable. It's for me like mind-blowing that they can say locally sourced. Yeah, sure, it's tap water. Sure, it's locally sourced. It's locally where wherever the factory is standing. And they have taken the tap water, highly processing it again. First of all, it's already processed by the state. Then they're processing it again. And then they're selling it for some marketing claims in a plastic bottle. I don't even want to know how much energy they're wasting on that product. But that is crazy as well. And nobody talks about it. Everybody thinks about always like, oh, we need to take care of the nature, we need to take care of, of the environment, but that a purified water waterbend clearly has in production a way higher production cost than a spring source water, what you have, because you're just pretty much pulling it out of the ground and putting it in a bottle, and that's it. But they're processing it. And I don't know how much energy that goes into that. That would be actually interesting to see at one point, to see the difference between a processed water and a non-processed water, how much energy they're actually using versus you, what you're sourcing at the source. Um, interesting as well, because we had this talk for two years ago when we talked a little bit about European brands. All European brands, one that says uh, natural mineral water has to be produced and has to be actually bottled by the source, what you're doing as well. So uh, for the European Union, you would be a natural occurring spring water. What is the TDS of your water?
2: TDS is around 59 to 63, 64. I've never had high. It's very low TDS. Depends on the time of year when we do the testing. The flow rate will change and fluctuate different times of the year after you, know, you, have, you have the freezing ground in the winter and it melts down about a month later. You see all these aquifers charge and the flow rate increases for a while. We're in a semi-drought right now. Actually, New Hampshire next door is in a, is in a, a moderate drought and she's still flowing like crazy. I think one of the biggest things you talk about is uh, you know, this all great historic springs were discovered a long time ago, right? This place has a 235-year history. And there's so many other modern marketing creations I like to talk about. If you had a real spring and a real history, it, it would be evident, right? There, there are some famous brands, and they've been around forever, and, and nothing new. Everything is conjured up now. And you can, with our our technology, our treatment is good enough now that we can treat septic water to make it drinkable, like they do on the space station, right? We can treat anything. You can have a garbage source and make it reasonable, but you still never come close to what Mother Nature provides in a natural spring. That's why I've been been fervent about protecting the source. I bottle here the same way they did 150 years ago. We do it by gravity. It gravity feeds right into the bottle. We don't touch anything. We don't impact the water in any way. No pump, no filter, no paper towel, nothing. I, I like you said. Do you want a tomato grown in your grandmother's backyard with water and sunlight, or do you want a tomato out of a TV dinner that's been eradicated or chemically? You know, we should be everybody raw food and nature and organic. That's the direction we go. And why would you not want? Your water, the same way. It is the most important food. You say this all the time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think you make a really good point. And we see the, the, the spring behind you. Let me ask you, this concept of a spring, when I think of a spring, I think of water flowing through gravity to the spring and emerging by gravity. But you said something interesting that said you're at the highest point in your surrounding. You're on top and the ground falls to the left and right. So it's, it tells me you are at the summit. So my question now, is it a spring or is it artesian water? Do we have any insight on that? What do the geologists say? So
2: artesian only really applies to what else, right? Artesian, the word artesian, really should not apply to a spring at all because a natural spring in the old age-old definition presents itself at the surface. Artesian means that there's positive pressure in a well that's above the level of the aquifer. But a natural spring always presents itself. And people say, do I have an artesian spring? Well, I have a natural spring. That's what it should be doing. They believe this to be a terminating point of an underground aquifer bedrock fracture where it can no longer go sideways. So it comes up through the ground under pressure. And what the what the scientists say is the water must have uh, begun higher than here. So we're at 750 and there really is no place higher than here close by. So it may be traveling underground for quite some distance because the land that's above us they say in the hydrogeo report is not sufficient to support the flow rate of this spring. So it's either being supplanted or coming completely from somewhere else. that's where Seth is talking, but there's a lot of discussion about primary water and some really interesting things because how does this come up from below? Basically straight up. It's in one spot. It's not a whole bunch of springs. It's one single source. Our name is Summit Spring, not Summit Springs. There's only one where a lot of spring sources are spread out in a whole lowland area. Sometimes they feed lakes and rivers, you know. But this is a very rare geologic phenomenon, and that's why you don't see... Examples of this in the United States or even the world—it's a very rare situation that, in many ways, is unexplicable
0: I like that, and I love that you just said about the TDS level as well. Okay, there's a range, and that is again, and a lot of people will say, "Like what? They don't even know their number. What's wrong with them? Why is this like a different range?" No, because that is nature. Nature changed slightly. Nature is not a lab where you always say it's a TDS of 510 or whatever. It's always a range. Of that, um, and I think I love that you right away said, "Yeah, sure, it's a range because it's a other nature product. Obviously, it will change slightly, and this is totally normal. It, it happens to all real waters on this planet. The TDS on the bottle label is kind of like an idea that you know in which direction we are going, but it's not obviously 100 percent that is the TDS. Um, how many times? Because I getting more and more interest of people asking me, Martin." Tap water is regulated, and bottled water is not regulated at all. I always hear these comments. It's quite fascinating for me that people thinking everything what you can buy in a grocery store is not regulated these days. I think the FDA would be laughing their asses off when you suddenly tell them, um, "Oh, all the bottled water you can find in America are not treated or like are not are not uh, um, um, are not regulated at all." So, how many times? Are you like checking in a lab what's, uh, what the water is? Well, like how safe is the product? How good is the
2: water? What's actually in there? So excellent point. Of course, that's nonsense, right? The EPA oversees tap waters. Because of their sources are normally surface waters, and the FDA oversees bottled water because it's a packaged food product. And neither one can be less safe or more unsafe than the other. They must be as equal standard. So any not any nonsense notion that bottled water is not o- is crazy. So uh, what was the question you asked me? Um, How many times okay. are you checking for your numbers? We test some things every time we bottle. We test some other things quarterly, and we do the annual battery that's over $10,000 every annually. We have to do that every year. So we, 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 we meet the requirements for all 50 states. We don't, we don't even play any games. We're doing a certain state. We meet all the requirements at all 50 states, and we, we exceed all the requirements for testing. Maine is the only state in the nation that has two agencies that oversee bottled water. It is the Maine Department of Agriculture and the Drinking Water Program have co-responsibility for sources in spring water. We're the only state in the nation that has two. Every other state in the nation has one or zero that, that oversee it. So we are under hyper scrutiny here. In fact, the FDA, I, I, we had a federal inspection no no. After the raw water story you talked about last year, the, the feds showed up here, no notice. You know, badges drawn. Open your door if we want to see what's going on. We pass with flying colors. So we, we welcome to come on down. You know, we got nothing to hide here. We have a true source and we everything we do is, is transparent. We put, like some people will put the testing for one page. Our entire testing from National Testing Labs, I think it's 48 pages, is on our website. The entire thing, you can look at it every year going back to when I bought it in two thousand.
1: Yeah, it's fascinating. And now I think we go a while back. Uh, you just mentioned you, you bought it in, in 2000 or something. We met some, sometimes in 2000, 2003 or something, right? Yes. Yes,
2: we met at the IBWA convention in Las Vegas. That's when I, I knew about you, was reading a lot that you wrote about. And I understand, you understand, because of the European waters and the lack of treatment, where even in the United States, they gave specific permission to certain German mineral waters to come here untreated when I was thinking about doing this stuff. And, and they, but they would not allow American waters to be untreated. So I, I approached you as an expert at the time. That's when, it was like 2003 or 2000. I bought the spring in 2004,
1: the land and the source. Fascinating. Can you show us the spring? We have this uh, lid in the back. We want to see what's in, or just open it, I think.
2: So, I'm going to let you look right into the source. Hopefully, there'll be enough light in there. Let me try to turn. I have a flashlight. Let me see if you can see this image. You see the water bubbling out right there. You see the water emanating from the ground. Yes, we can. That's the source itself. You can see that's natural sand and gravel. And you can hear you can hear the water bubbling through an overflow pipe, which goes right down to the bottling plant. This building was built in uh, 1936 to protect and cover the spring by, actually by Franklin Van Zelm, who was a a very old Christian science monitor illustrator, who bought the 55-room hotel that was at the top of the hill here as his private residence, and he resurrected the bottling plant again in 1936. He believed so much in the medicinal qualities of the water, so... And then he, he, he died not long after that, and the building was sold. And the, water, the spring actually sat dormant for 50 years. For half a century it sat dormant until a retired school teacher bought the land in 1977. And it was advertised to her she wanted to raise sheep. And they said, well, there's a place that you don't have to haul water down to the sheep because there's water coming out of the ground down there. So just amazing. And then in about, about 10 years after that, in the night, late 1980s, she was approached by a Maine, a retired Maine drinking water inspector and said, you need to bottle that water from that source because that's one of the finest sources of water we have ever seen anywhere. And the, and the woman, the, the retired inspector, convinced her to start bottling on a small scale again out of her, out of her garage. So she did that for quite a few years and her, her health uh, started to deteriorate. I actually approached her in 1994 about helping with the source, and, and I was interested in water for thirty some years, and she she was busy at the time, and and then reapproached her around two thousand two or three. We started talking again, and that's when I actually purchased it. But I tried to purchase it ten years prior.
0: And how is the landscape surrounding the spring? Obviously, you said like you have the spring source, and then you have land surrounding it. And I know from a lot of other water companies, they're very protective. Obviously. About the land surrounding the source because you want to make sure nothing harmful will go to the source so Michael, I'm always uh, advocates obviously for um, taking care of mother nature and I think by Drinking
2: you see that. Yeah. Now. There's the bottling plant. I'm, I just walked outside there, There's mother nature for you in the distance so there's no, there's no industrial park here. This is it. This is, there's the bottling plant. We we have nothing to hide here. I wanted to show you there's mother nature outside.
0: And I, and I love that you're showing this because this is exactly what a bottled water company should do. They should be proud of their source and they are Absolutely. proud of their source. And I can see it from you. You're extremely proud of your source because you know, you're doing something great and you're giving mother nature, hundred percent mother nature untreated to, to people who like to drink good water and good product from America. I'm a big fan of that, and I'm a big fan, actually, of drinking locally sourced water. I think it's a great thing. Here in America, we have some amazing good spring sources, but it is so hard for them to compete to these purified water brands because, obviously, you guys don't have the marketing money what Coca-Cola or or Nestle has. So I totally understand why it is very, very hard for you to, to survive. And to say like this is 100% nature, and you don't put down like some crazy claims of overhydrating or this is smart to drink or whatever. No, it's great, amazing water from nature. What water should be. Yesterday, a friend of mine sent me a picture of a purified water brand with all this crazy stuff again on the labels. Like, and I said like once to my social media people, he said the more you see suddenly marketing claims on your bottle. The more you know it's it's mostly processed tap water because they cannot really talk about a spring source. There's no amazing story behind this. They cannot show the house what you just showed because their production strategy is maybe in the Montebello industry park. It's not really sexy to show that to the consumer. So obviously you have a great story. You can say that. And the funny thing about my friend, she sent me a picture over and on the back label it says, Or anything, what we said on the front label is actually not FDA compliant or approved. This is crazy. So already on the back label, they're already saying actually what we said on the front label, everything is bullshit. This is what they're doing. It's unbelievable, but still people are buying this. And this is for me, amazing and fascinating, but I am a strong believer of mother nature and we should buy water. What comes actually from a real source, like what we have right here. And now I'm getting thirsty. When I'm getting when I'm getting a little upset about purified water brand, I need to drown myself in real good water that I, that my mind comes back to a positive state.
1: Uh, Michael, do you have the water with you as well? Yes, I have a whole case. You know, Brian sent me a whole case. I'm treasuring it. I'm going to take mine straight from the source. Here we go.
2: I'm going to take mine straight from the source. Cheers, gentlemen. Cheers.
1: Oh, yeah. And the interesting thing is that we actually, all three of us are actually drinking the very same water, right? He's drinking the same water we're drinking here. Only ours is in a bottle, his is from the source, but there's no difference in between. And I think that's really, really comforting to know, right? That makes it very, very special.
0: Yeah, there's a connection to the spring. And that is exactly what Michael and I want to do all the time, especially due to the podcast in our social media approach. We want to showcase the consumer that there's more to discover than just water. There is the landscape, what you just showed us, Brian. The spring source, the spring actually how it emerges from the ground. That is exactly what really makes me exciting as a water sommelier to see that and to to discover this to 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 see that Mother Nature still creates this incredible, amazing waters for us that we can taste. Obviously, with a TDS between fifty-eight and sixty-four. It's a very smooth and round water. I think it has a little sweet aftertaste, but it's very, very interesting. It's good mouthfeel, actually. It's surprising for a lower TDS water. It's very broad on your palate. That's interesting for me. That's not always because like low TDS waters seems to be that they are very easy to drink, but they are very fast done on your palate. This here lingers actually very nicely on your palate. What is quite fascinating, I have to say, as a water sommelier for a low TDS water, Michael. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I always loved uh, Summit Spring for that characteristics, and some of the ones I had were probably even lower TDS water. And was almost surprised how much character the water shows, even so having only a few minerals. Is exactly what Martin said. The water doesn't really have a weight, but I think it has character for a low mineral water. I think if we would do it taste test with some water sommeliers, they would give the water probably a higher mineral content number than what it actually shows here because 59 is still, that's the borderline between super low and low. Keep in mind if you have an iceberg water, that's around 17. So you're not so far off of those waters and it um, it has a very nice character. I wanted to show Brian something I still have here and he probably recognizes this. I don't know from which year. It's a couple of years back. That was the first version of the, of the raw water. It's in a glass bottle. Let me open it. hasn't been opened since probably long. Wow. time. Wow. And you were actually bottling the, the raw water in, in glass. And I think this is a really, really good idea because the PET in a restaurant, Martin can talk to this, is, doesn't work as well. But something like this, would be fantastic in a in a restaurant. Maybe with an updated label. But so, are you still bottling glass, or was this a, a very short-lived project? We
2: we bottled in glass for about a year after we began. It's amazing you have that the bag. Those are all very rare. I keep those. You don't see those very often. It just people it, the purchasing of didn't bear out what people said they would do. You know, people said we want glass, we want glass. And it was just so expensive, the bottle and glass, that people always went, because they were both available on the website, and people would end up going to the to the PET all the time. So it just got to be rather exhaustive, to bottle and glass. We're looking at doing it again, but our machine is not really set up to do glass, so it would really require a new machine. Now, going back to what Martin said, I, I view myself as a steward, right? At best I can tell, I'm the fifth Steward of this spring source in all of recorded history. So I take that very seriously at some point I'm going to move on my greatest goal was to preserve and protect This source as it has been for all of these hundreds of years and that's the reason our water The way we bottle is why our water is so consistent in its flavor People remark that they get one bottle here then they'll get a bottle six it always tastes the same because we don't mess with anything. And you'll notice there's no nutrition label on the bottle anywhere. We are exempt from putting a nutrition label on the bottle because we don't touch the water in any way, and we make no claims. When you make claims on the bottle or you strip it down through RO or distillation, to add back magnesium and chemicals, you have to put a nutrition label on it. This product in its natural form, we're exempt from a nutrition label. You'll see on the label where it says no treatment required, no nutrition label required. So that speaks to the quality of it as well. I'd love to do it in glass. Uh, it, we just have to try to weigh it, distribute it, and market it. It is heavy. You know, there is there is uh, a weight and there is a carbon footprint in glass as well. And the problem is, like, where you guys are, you're 3,000 miles away. So shipping a trailer loaded glass is kind of a big deal.
0: No, and And I love that you just said that. Because I think a lot of people, and I see this as well on my channels, like everybody says like, oh my God, we should not buy plastic. We should, we should just do glass, 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 glass. For me as a water sommelier, yes, glass is great. I love glass, especially when it comes to water, because glass doesn't do anything to the water. It doesn't give any flavors off. It really conceals very nicely the bottle. So I totally get glass. The problem is that what you just mentioned, for environmental reasons, actually, it can go the other way around. That glass is actually more painful for the environment due to shipping costs than plastic. And and for the convenience reasons. Let's face it. When you're going to a store and you want to just grab a bottle of water and you want to go hiking, um, you're thinking maybe grabbing this is more easier for you because especially when you're hiking, you don't want to put extra load on your body. Um, except you're maybe on Running Canyon right behind me where they're putting actually heavy loads on them weights because they want to get slimmer. So maybe that's a good idea. Maybe we should remark that as a, as a bottle water can help you with that as well. Don't use the weights
2: anymore. But that's, Can I make one point about the plastic too? I think a lot of the issue is people that blow mold their own bottles hot and immediately fill the bottle with water. Our bottles are blown a month in advance. They've already off-gassed and cooled. And then we put 46-degree water in the bottle. I think a lot of the issues are the big manufacturers with a hot bottle off-gassing into the water itself.
0: You get a good point there. There's one bottle, and I don't want to, because it's a spring source water, so I don't want to badmouth them, but they're pretty famous in Europe, and they're famous over here in the States as well. And they have a glass and a plastic version. And you can taste right away the difference. It's like in a taste test, I had them one side by side. It was night and day. The difference in taste from plastic versus glass. And I had a feeling as well that they might be not using the best plastic. Maybe they're, they're chipping out at, at one point. And then what you just said about hot plastic using on the facility where they're just blowing up the little like tubes into the, into the actually shape of the bottle and then filling right away the water. That might be an issue for them. And I, and I understand they're doing this for, for a cost perspective. Uh, I've been to boarding plants as well, where I saw that, like the small little like, cubes of, of plastics, and then bam, 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 and, and literally two or three minutes later, you see the end product. It was quite fascinating to see that, but obviously you're wondering, hmm, is this the right thing to do? Uh, and we all know time is money. I think it's great that you've taken the extra time to make sure you're, you're bottom because I cannot detect any odors here. And sometimes I can on plastic bottles. But here, I cannot detect anything plastic-wise. Obviously, you made sure it was in a disclosed box. I don't think it was exposed to sun in the box. When I received it, I had it at the hotel in my facility where I'm storing all my waters. And it's pretty, it's dark. It's it's a good temperature over there. So we don't have any issues. But obviously, when you put this kind of bottle uh, in, in Death Valley for three hours in the sunshine, that might be not the best thing to do. But I think we're all human beings. We should think about that. where are we actually putting and storing our bottles? And you should definitely not put them in direct sunlight because that's something what
2: water and plastic doesn't like. What food, what would, you, what food would you do that with? You, imagine if you put milk, like raw milk, or even treated milk, you put that in the sunshine for 15 minutes, it's going to be in trouble, right? We, we have to protect all food sources, and a water like ours is a natural food source. It isn't an engineered Product that's been irradiated and ozonated and so there's nothing left in it It's an our ours is a living water that has nutrients in it. So you have to protect it as such
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a it's it's a really good point regarding the the containers of the water um so you have a, a long history. So you're spanning a couple of you know millennia for being a bottled water company and you said something interesting in the beginning that The owners back then sold large containers, you know, you said uh, big barrels, and sold it per gallon in New York for, I think you said 40 cents, which is the equivalent of $100 uh, a day. So I think that's really amazing. And it shows you that the the history of bottled water a lot is that we think now bottled water as just being sold in a bottle but back then mainly it was mainly large containers per gallon and rich people could afford drinking clean good water and poor people had to drink the tap water from the big cities back then which was untreated and was a a big vector for for disease and you know death so to speak so i think we kind of Think sometimes it's tap water versus bottled water, but I also want to make sure we understand that the the purification of tap water, making it safe to drink, was a tremendous breakthrough. And you you look at the mortality rates, and you see a, a kind of a kick in the mortality rates. And if you put your finger there, this was when tap water was um, originated flow- that it it was safe to drink. So very interesting. But have you thought about going back to doing large? Format containers for people that want to have it at home, you know, jumping over the, you know, someone has to buy 10 bottles, but buy maybe, you know, a, a larger container for, for water in a, in a local delivery, probably not delivered to Los Angeles, but in your local area. Is this something that you're contemplating? Well, we, we used mm-hmm. to actually do it in five-gallon jugs, and
2: it, it just became, the five-gallon business just became a commodity. And it, it was infiltrated by more people with just tap water and selling it cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. And in a five-gallon jug or a large container, people lost the difference between natural spring water even quicker. So it became a futile exercise, and I removed us completely from the five-gallon business. And p- another part of that is, is the coolers that they used to sit on, and they, they're all sitting in the sunlight, and, in the, and the, these, these coolers, the company that made them in America went bankrupt, so they were all made in Korea and China. So there was a lot of uh, degradation of the water because of the cooler itself, so we've tried a lot of different things. I'm, I'm with you on that. And you talk about the age-old history of, of treatment. Much of our problem today is because of the infrastructure in America for tap water. Because of the infrastructure, they have to put chemical residuals in the water as you know that keep on killing because of all the cracks the cracks and the problems in the infrastructure they need to leave a chemical residual in the water so that it's safe when it arrives at your home they they could treat things and, and with better technology ozone that don't leave any residual but they can't put it through the pipes to our homes so that's why i still am an advocate of 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 specifically what you actually drink, spring water you can get your hands on. Obviously, we need tap water for other things, cooking and all that. I have a lot of customers. You look up the allergy chef, the woman that wears a gas mask, she's allergic to some. My, She actually literally says that my water saves her life that she's so allergic to some of the chemicals in tap water, even after they're treated, that she, my water is one of the few waters she can actually tolerate, and it allows her to live a relatively healthy life. A lot of customers, that are very sensitive to the low levels of chemicals, even in tap water, even after the treatment of it, because they're the hardest thing to remove, the chemicals.
0: Oh. And I do I do exactly the same, and Michael, I agree with you. Yes, it is amazing that, that this country obviously triggered it out to make tap water safe, on the downside, the infrastructure is so old now, and i it's not the first time i are hearing this. It's so, so badly that the infrastructure, they need millions or billions for sure money in that because the country is so big as well um, to figure that out. So it's easier for them to just treat it, like highly treating tap water to make it safe. And yes, I agree, and it's good that we kind of like have safe, safe tap water these days For me, as a water sommelier here in America, and I'm and I'm honest and and I'm not shy to say that I do not drink the tap water. Like I don't I don't expose myself to the tap water here in Los Angeles. I drink bottled water from a source because I believe in the benefits and the taste perspective as well of the different bottles. I even cook with not tap water because let's face it when I'm cooking pasta over like 10 or 15 minutes. And it's being exposed to all the chemicals. Yeah, sure. Trust me, that chemical mix will go into my pasta and I will eat it. So I'm not interested in that. Therefore, I'm using a spring source water in gallons. I have that standing right here. This is just for cooking. This is for making the coffee, all this kind of stuff. At my shower, I have a filtration system to get rid of the chlorine. Because, lots, let's face it, our skin is a big provided to actually add in water to it to our body and this chlorine drives me just nuts. And I could feel it from it was night and day when I started to have this chlorine filter on my tap, my hair changed right away. It's like from, from one day to another you could feel it. It's totally different. And my skin is totally different. So I can highly recommend when you're in America, please use a filtration system when you're when you're attaching yourself to the tap water. When you want to drink tap water and you don't have any issues, please do. I don't have any issues with that. But for me, as a water sommelier, I like the benefits of that, of something untreated in a bottle. And this is why I drink myself, because 50% or more than 50% of my body is water. And I'm very concerned what I'm actually putting into it. So that is, for me, this thing. Brian, where can people get their hands of this incredible water?
2: Well, you can get it on our website. You can get it on Amazon, and our distribution is mostly in the Northeast right now. Small mom and pop stores, health food stores. We are available through UNFI if people request it. We are are in their system. It's just uh, a lot of people have never heard of us, so they don't. The best kept secret around is us. We, they really people don't hear about us, So it's it's getting better, but it's it's a tough it's tough to fight the giants. I can tell you
1: that yeah and we, we we're trying to help. as you can see we're we're big fans of your water, and we'll do everything to to really promote it. and w- but what I'm also seeing is i would we would love to see your water in 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 restaurants, and I'm amazed we don't we don't see it. So there are all these fancy restaurants out there where the chef walks around and talks to every person that grows a little spring of herbs for him, and he can tell you where his herbs are coming from. And he, of course, knows the name of the animal that was just slaughtered and is on your plate. And the vegetables, he knows where they're coming from, who nurtured their vegetables. So everything is is really about the connection to the food. And then suddenly you ask for some water because you don't want to drink wine. And they say, you know, oh, it's some pellegrino a panna, do you want to still in sparkling? And I find this absolutely ridiculous. And if I see this in a restaurant, sometimes I'm really tempted of walking out there. So these restaurants, these chefs, they have such a great water which fits perfectly into this food story, especially the local food. They have fantastic foods in the in the northeast. And you have this really local water which has a high high pedigrees, and the restaurants are just too cheap to buy a real water because it costs maybe 15 cents more than the San Pellegrino and the Panna they get from from Italy. I find it ridiculous. So I think, Martin, we should really start something to shame restaurants into selling still and sparkling as a choice, and especially if the still and sparkling choice is um, Aquafina and um, the San Pellegrino water.
0: There's a very famous celebrity chef in Germany. His name is Roland Trettel. And I worked with him in 2001 on Mallorca in Caspers. Uh, he's an incredible, cool guy. And he just literally just did a picture of that as well, what you just said. He said, when a, when a chef is labeling from the outside, we are 100% organic and we are sourcing our, our food in a radius of 50 miles. And then you walk into the restaurant and you see Pellegrino and Aquapana right away as a water source. He will puke and will walk out again. This is what he just said. And he has a very, very strong point there. And yes, Aquapana and Pileguina are two good waters from a real source. So there's nothing wrong about the waters. The only thing as a consumer is why you need to transfer this kind of water from Italy to America when you have incredible good waters right next to you who does do the same job, Even might be even doing a better job. Because let's face it, when you are in the Northeast, what you just said, Michael, and you have this incredible raw water right next to it, it even builds even more story to it. There's another homepage called Sternefresser. That means like they're eating the stars. It's, it's a very famous magazine and community in Germany. And these are the people who are going to, to Michelin star restaurants, they're eating the food, they're drinking all the wines, and they're talking about all the benefits of this incredible, amazing chefs, and they're doing like restaurant reviews. They're extremely neglecting the topic of water. They're not interested in the topic of water at all, because I had them once at my restaurant in Berlin for many, many years ago, and they smiled at me about the water menu. They said like, ah, this is something crazy. We don't need to talk about this. This is, I don't get it. Like It's, it's so crazy they just did a post about tap water you should drink more tap water because when you're drinking tap water um one um, executive person of nestle will cry his tears when you're drinking tap water when you're demanding tap water in a restaurant so i replied to them on instagram this week and i said listen guys you're always saying it's so important about the wine you're sourcing about the organic food you're sourcing It's all about the amazing things, what the chef is doing and how passionate he is about the product he's presenting. So I said, so for me, um, there's nothing wrong to serve tap water in a restaurant and it should be free, in my opinion. I know a lot of restaurants are actually serving tap water and you have to pay money for that because they're filtering it. They're processing it and you have to pay something $2 per bottle. I think that's a scam for me. So first of all, tap water should be free. But second of all, there's not really an interesting story I can, like, showcase my guest. And due to a water menu, I can actually showcase a story. I can showcase that you can actually pair waters to your wine and to your food. And there are millions of people out there that might be not even want to drink alcohol. There may be the designated driver. they might be don't want to drink it for a reason. they might be don't want to drink alcohol because they like to have a healthy lifestyle. There might be the doctor said you cannot even allow to drink alcohol or they don't like the taste of that. So there's so many spectrums into it. Why you maybe don't want to drink and expose yourself to alcohol in a restaurant. Why now I should be a restaurant owner and just say too bad because you don't want to drink everything else what I offer you. So you have to drink now tap. That's just crazy. In a restaurant basis, you should have the benefit of the option. That's the whole point in the restaurant business to give you options. That's the reason you have different main courses. That's the reason you have different appetizers. That's the reason you have a wine menu, a food menu, you have a liquor menu, you have a beers on tap. Imagine you're going to a sports bar and the only beer they're serving is coarse light. Everybody will say, like, what kind of sports bar is this? This is crazy. huh?" It's the same for me these days with restaurants. When you still think you're fine with just the answer of sparkling and still water, you, have, you pretty much are dehydrated. That's what I'm saying. Because you need to open your mind up for a little bit more in the water options. And water is the most important beverage in our lives. So to even still think in the restaurant business, ah, it doesn't matter, people have no clue. But we're going to change that. And I know the consumer wants it because I can see it. We just launched our new water menu at... Petit Emitage and our water sales going up again like crazy. Every restaurant I introduced a water menu, the water sales went up. And it's not just the benefit for obviously the owner who owns the hotel or the restaurant who actually makes more money with water. Obviously, the consumer loves the difference and loves the options because when not, he would just go for the tap water, what is free at Petit Emitage, or for the most cheapest water. The interesting part is that people don't even want the most cheapest water. They're going in the middle and going always like more to the interesting water they never heard of. They want to expose themselves to something new and they love the idea of that. So it's for me still interesting that pretty much no restaurants in this continent don't have water menus. They're losing so much money and they don't give the benefit of an option to their consumer. It's very, very strange. It's a misconception.
2: I'm sending a pallet
0: straight
2: to you, Martin.
0: Yes, <laughs> it's coming your way. But it's uh, it's, it's really fascinating, Brian, that everybody wants the they they love diversity everywhere, and they love diversity in the grocery stores. You see it now. Suddenly, there are forty different water brands. Okay, eighty percent of the brands are just actually bottled tap water. So for me, I don't have so much option in the res, in the in the grocery actually when it comes to real waters, but. Still in the restaurant business, it's like ah, whatever. It's very. Strange. I wish I
2: could do it cheaper, but of course it costs us more to process out here in the wilderness. It's a lot easier in an industrial park to bottle. You should see what we have to go through sometimes in the winter here, where we have tractors pulling with chains, pulling tractor trailers up the hill in the snow to get out here. There's even times here where we can't. we we're blizzards up here. We can't even get product out. So. It's, I wish I could do it cheaper, but it's much more expensive to do it at the source like this, and we try the best we can. And one of the points you brought up about water, you know, it's the most important food, right? Your blood is like 93% water, and you drink a case of water, it replaces your blood supply every week of your life. You are replacing your, with a case of water, with 12 liters, you're replacing your entire blood supply every week of your life. So how important is that? I mean, it's unbelievable when you put it in that scale, how important the water that you actually becomes part of your bloodstream. It's, it's incredible how important
1: it is. Yeah, very good, very good point. And also like the point you made about that it's more expensive because where your source is. And I always say, you know, really good water comes from remote places. You don't want to buy the cheap water that's in the middle of the city. Guess what? All the pollution of the city is also then in your water. So you want to have the water from a remote source, and you just have to understand that you have to pay a little bit more. It's not 10 times more, right? You think it would cost 10 times more. No, it's a couple of cents more. But those restaurants are so cheap. And I've heard this many times, and Martin, the same thing. They say, I was so close of getting the deal for real water, but I was 10 cents more expensive than the San Pellegrino and the Panna. And... The chef said, not the chef, it's usually not the chef. It's usually the, the restaurant's manager said, we cannot afford this. We cannot afford 10 cents more. But they are selling a 10X underwater anyway, right? So this 10 cents cannot make a difference. And as Martin was saying, they would make money by doing this in addition, because people would like to have the choice. So we're going to change this for you and for all the other premium brands, Brian. And thank you very much for, you know, joining us here. It was really very nice to see you really at the source. Sometimes we sit in an office, but with you, we really at the source and just stepping outside and seeing the nature was really the closest thing of being there. And hopefully next year when we can travel, we would love to visit you and drink some of the water right at your source. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Th- thank you
2: for what you guys do. With, without you, where would we be? So the two of you are enlightening and educating a lot of people. So we, we keep fighting the fight here and you're helping spread the word. Appreciate appreciate it all. Thank you very much. You're always and,
0: and I'm always saying like the real superstar is obviously the water we are promoting. It's not you as a uh, as a producer or the distributor, or me or Michael, as the water, so as you talk then to the people, to the consumer, to the guest, or to the media. The real superstar is always the water and always Mother Nature. That is the superstar what we want to showcase. And I have to say, it's not happened so many times. I finished a whole bottle now in the podcast. So that is something very unique. And that is the reason why your water is really, really good because I like to drink water. And I highly recommend everybody who's listening into our podcast, drink a lot of water. Obviously it's not healthy to drink tons of water in a very short time of period. We know that as well, that can go the wrong way and you can actually die from that. So please don't do that. But like, I think like when you're finishing a good bottle of water and how much is in there, seven fifties or a liter, a liter even it's a liter of for an hour. That's actually a good, a good thing, and it's pretty warm outside and here in my apartment as well because I don't have the air conditioner on because I don't want to have the buzz of the air conditioner in my podcast. So I really enjoyed your water. Thank you so much, Brian. Thank you, Michael. What a great product! What an amazing product from America. And you should think about this this is 100% sourced in America, it's 100% owned by America. That is an American brand, and that is what you actually should support. I think, as an American good American person, as well, it's American. Handmade 100% product. I love this. Supported by a German guy, even better. <laughs> so with a little with a little touch of European flair to it. This is great. Anyhow, and you always know to the end. And my water glass is almost empty. Stay thirsty, everybody. Drink good water. Hydrate yourself on real water from nature, and especially with raw water from Summit Springs in Maine. Cheers. <laughs>